Welcome to Creative on Purpose Live, a show about flying higher and endeavors that make a difference. Step into possibility with integrity and intention. It's time to be creative on purpose. Are you ready? Let's go. This season features the Ruckus Makers Roundtables, conversations about questions that matter with friends and fellow travelers from Forward Link an alumni community for Seth Godin's Alt-MBA and Akimba Workshops. I'm your host, Scott Perry, Difference Maker at Creative on Purpose and author of Endeavor. I'm an Alt-MBA 6 alum and I'm the head coach team for Akimba Workshops. You can learn more about me and my work at creativeonpurpose.com. Today, I am joined by Tanya Marion and Penny Harris to discuss how do you find the others. So Tanya and Penny, before we dive into today's discussion, please introduce yourselves. Who are you? Which programs have you been connected with? What are you up to these days? And where can people go to learn more about you and your great work? Okay. Uh, thank you. I thank you, Scott, for having us here. I'm uh, Tanya Marion, and I am a graduate of Alt MBA 17 and many of the other <laughs> Kimbo workshops, except for two. And um, uh, currently, I am. I am working on a, a project where I'm investigating how freelance professionals in the environmental education field work in their communities. And I'm out to describe who these individuals are and what they do so that um, with the hopes of then facilitating collaborations between them and community partners. And the ultimate aim, of course, then is to make freelance environmental education a more sustainable career. And what about a website where people can find out more? Uh, Talatera.com is the website. Fantastic. How about you, Penny? Um, I am Penny Harris, and I was in the marketing seminar number four, and I have done story skills, and right now I'm doing Write Streak and Write Now, which has really helped my writing. It's kind of focused me. And... Um, I uh, I am introducing a new focus on fundraising. My system is called Mission Centered Fundraising, and and um, I am about to put out a online coaching course to fundraisers to learn this system. And um, it's key is to keep our donors right now. They're not renewing. And fundraisers are quitting their jobs in short amount of time. So I like to think that what my ideas that go into help both of those situations. And my uh, website is renewablephilanthropy.com. Fantastic. Well, as advertised, we are here to discuss this question of how do you find the others? So um, I think, Tanya, you were actually the first to um, jump aboard my crazy train here and and uh, I'm gonna turn it over to you first. Um, so, whoops, excuse me, I got a little background, little background noise there, excuse me. So Tanya, who are the others and why would we even want to find them? The others, the others are um, your target, your audience, your people who you wanna serve smallest viable audience as we've uh, learned to think about them uh, in my case these are um, they are independent professionals who really exist below the radar you know uh, in my field um, 
there's a lot of big or, you know, organizations, museums, nature centers, that type of thing. But there are a lot of people who work in many different levels in the community. And, um, and for me, they, they, are, they are the others who I'm trying to connect with. Yeah. How about you, Patty? Yeah, I, um, this has, I, I agree with Tanya that it, it is the people you're looking for to um, work with. And, and I think it's, for me, it's, I've also been trying to find other fundraisers, maybe consultants and coaches. I'm, I am a coach, professional coach, and I just haven't been able to do that part. And I'm just really beginning finding the other fundraisers. But I think the key for me was asking the right questions, knowing who, what am I looking for? What do I want to do? And who is it most likely that might be interested and trying it. What kind of person, what kind of job do they have? What kind of nonprofit do they work for? So that's been a lot of my work and it's still a learning curve. <laughs> I, I find actually that the people who respond quickest are people who aren't connected and are donors. Oh, I'd love to have that kind of relationship, they tell me. So mm -hmm. I've got that kind of support. Now I'm working to make it um, into the professional fundraisers and CEOs of these organizations. Yeah, really well said. Um, I'm going to broaden the definition just a little bit, just for other people that are engaged in, in different domains. When I think about find the others, which is a call to action that Seth Godin kind of bakes into every workshop that he's created. It's the idea of, uh, I, I think it's around this idea of culture. And, you know, we talk about the culture as if culture is the entire planet, but it's, you know, really culture are the people that you are immediately connected with. And this idea of find the others is, is, I connected to the idea, another idea of Seth, which is people like us do things like this. Who are the people like us that do things like this? Who are the people with whom I share slang and signals and signifiers? And to your, each of your point, you know, the smallest viable audience, uh, you know, who are the people that your work, your endeavor is intended to help? Who is the, who are these people that your work uh, that you wish to work with and for so that you can all get from where you are to where you want to be. Uh, hopefully that where you want to be is a better uh, iteration of where you presently are. And so I think others is, you know, we, we've got some, some clarity on um, who the others might be, whether that's an audience or maybe it's, it's in some cases, around your role as a parent or a spouse or a friend or a teacher or an employer or, or what have you. But then the, the, the second part of the question is probably the much harder one. And certainly the one that I know that the three of us have all struggled with <laughs> over the last several years since we collided in um, the marketing seminar, our students, is how do you find them? How do you find the quote unquote right people. Any tips or um, strategies that you've learned along the way that you'd want to share? Yeah, I finding there's two levels of finding. There's finding physically and 
there's so you know uh, where they are online, where they are in person, what organizations they belong to, and that's the easy part. The other level of finding is the emotional uh, finding. You know where where are they, um, and that's the hard part because it's um, it's invisible, and so you are looking for something that is invisible. And the uh, you know the best really when at that at that point when then that's what I'm you know doing now is reaching out to people and the best that I can do is um, demonstrate that I understand them that I am one of them and um, that I see them and that I hear them and that I understand everything that uh, that's part of this field of being an independent in in this field mm. yeah love that how about you Penny yeah I I like how you um created the the emotional piece because I think there's something about when you're with people and you're on the same page you may not be doing the same job you may not be living anywhere in the country anywhere near them but there's something there. And I even noticed that I belong to Toastmasters, which is kind of interesting because we all get up and we're all sharing a little bit like this. And you can, I can feel the people that are struggling with the same kind of things that I want to do in life. There's a kind of perspective of an openness that the old things we were, I was taught growing up don't exist anymore if you're going to be healthy and and interactive with community um and and I think it's people who want to step up and take care of themselves they don't want to find what's the right thing to do all the time they don't want to follow all the rules all the time but they want to check out their rules they want to connect and you you feel that I feel that when they're open and exploring and trying to discover, does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I, I like, I like, there's two threads, one for each of you that, that I think are really interesting. The first is um, to Tanya's point about, you know, there's the, the people like us that are in proximity to us, the, the ones that we can find um, demographically or geographically, or, you know, just because they happen to be right in front of us at the moment. Um, and then there's a the psychographic component, which of course is the, the, the piece that we dive into much more in a workshop, like the, the marketing seminar where we're struggling or we're striving to not only identify that smallest viable audience, but to position ourselves in a way that makes us the only real choice to help that person solve the problem that they have or enhance their life in the way that they want. And so, and that's the hard part. That's the hardest part, I think, is, um, you know, the positioning piece and really clarifying why, where you are in the marketplace and how you're different from all the other choices and, um, and then showing up with that kind of frequent, committed, consistent, generous, <laughs> empathetic posture, you know, that will let earn people's trust, eventually uh, permission, and then hopefully enrollment in the journey you want to take them all. Um, what I was hearing in, in your piece, Penny, is 
how, you know, when we focus on that psychographic element, the proximity piece almost becomes less important because we can find people like us uh, or the others in Toastmasters or at the coffee shop or in an online Facebook group or in a workshop, you know, that we're going through um, in a Kimbo or Alt MBA or something like that. And how one of the things that really strikes me about um, the process of finding the others is how frequently the others um, don't look anything like us. They don't uh, do anything like we do, um, you know, but the, the, there's this deeper speaking again to the point you both touched this kind of deeper emotional uh, or visceral need or want, uh, you know, that that's connecting us, you know, the idea of belonging, for instance, we all want to feel like we belong somewhere. Um, so in addition to talking about how hard the problem is, <laughs> other, um, other ways that, that you've gone about um, finding the others and, you know, any anecdotes or, uh, you know, stories around, you know, how that journey has been in, in terms of the pursuit of, of finding the others and, and success stories or challenge opportunities that were instructive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I started talking fresh off the M Alt MBA and full of energy <laughs> and, and, and confidence, I, st I started talking to people and I created a survey and, and put that out and, and uh, people really gave, shared lots of information about what they do. And then I jumped right into doing two round tables at two different conferences. And then I took the podcasting fellowship in the fall of 2018 and that changed everything. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm, speaking with these independent educators and with community researchers and and others who who work in the field and so I, I chose to do a podcast instead of a blog again because it wasn't live enough for me I wanted people to hear the voices of these pro professionals mm -hmm. and um, and it's and that has worked out uh, for me I think it's been very um, helpful nice. and it's moved the project along and it sounds like, at least in part, Penny, you're doing some speaking or working on working towards doing some speaking. Are there other other yeah, parts I of think, that journey? I, th I think right after I finished the marketing seminar, which was transformational in the way I think I have been pretty locked up professionally as far as always raising money. And yet inside me, I knew that didn't feel good because we was money to money rather than human to human. And right out of the marketing seminar, there was this group forming and we we're all over the country and we're, we're doing all different kinds of things. And a year and a half later, we're still meeting every Wednesday at 10 a.m. on Zoom and we're doing everything, whatever comes up that the other somebody needs, we're there talking and sharing. And one of the people in the group was, a, was building her business on, on, um, a uh, business coach like thing and and um so i have hooked onto her and she is amazing her work is so different from mine and she's she's helping me 
uh, and she's helping me organize. My thoughts are all over the place, but they need to be honed and brought into line. And she's helping me do that. And so we're down. I've done the video. I'm, I've um, done all of the pre-work, most of it. Now it's putting it together, a marketing idea, which people will be get noticed to watch the video, which talks about mission-centered fundraising, and then have a chance to sign up with four, for four classes that I will coach live on Zoom. And everything is, the first one is just a beta. So, uh, and these, the classes are always going to be limited to eight or less, but in the beta, I'll take four or five, just what, just enough to go through at once. So it's been tremendous learning for me. I think one of the, the things which, because um, she did, she did um, Seth Godin's, I mean, we all did Seth Godin's marketing seminar, I believe. And she's helping me really identify what other fundraisers believe and what the mistakes are that they're making and what my solutions are. And she's making me go deeper and deeper <laughs> into thinking about it, which is really, I, I, I just ha have not had that experience before. And, it's, and it feels good and it feels like I can interact with people in a better way I've kind mm -hmm. of rambled on here in a way. no no well what I I mean you're both touching on this really important piece which is the connect it's connections right finding the others is about is connecting and it's connecting with the right people because not every your offer can't be for everyone if it's for everyone it's not for anyone so you, right. you have to have a specific offering for a specific audience and for a specific type of you know individual and um you know one of the things that i'm hearing in in both of your stories is that we get better at identifying the the others by doing work that puts us in front of the others right and and that's how we get feedback on our messaging our positioning uh that's how we get the questions and feedback and insights you know about what's working, what needs tweaking, what needs maybe abandoning and, and trying again. Um, I know in my own journey, you know, there was, there were three distinct iterations of even what it was called um, before I arrived at something that the right people could look at and say, Oh, I, I actually get that joke. I'd, I'd like to, you know, hear the punchline. <laughs> so, um, and there's this other theme that I think you're you're both touching on that I think could be really interesting to explore because the work that any of us do and and the three of us in the in this uh, Zoom are you know basically going it alone in our endeavor in terms of you know it's our work and it's and we are the representative of the offer and we are the ones that are out there trying to find the others and trying to find uh, you know trying to serve. Um, and, and promote to the right people. Um, and Tanya was kind of speaking to this, like you exit a program like Alt-MBA or the marketing seminar and you, you are highly energized. You just spent a compressed period of time with some really extraordinary people that understood you, that, you know, listened to you, that, you know, provided insight, but also inspiration that helped you, uh, you know, hone your vision and step into possibility in whatever 
you know, craft you're trying to practice. But then you go out back into the howling wilderness that is, you know, the world and the online world in particular is perhaps, you know, even more howling than the real world. Um, And it's hard, it can be really hard to sustain your, you know, your, your journey, your continue to pursue your vision. Uh, So there's the finding the others that we seek to serve, but then we also have to, you know, there are routines and relationships that we have to establish. And I think now we're really talking, I'm talking about habits. Like, you, you know, if you want things to end up differently, you kind of have to start doing some things differently. And you probably have to start surrounding yourself with um, different people. So I'd just be curious about any, speaking to, to, to that idea of routines and relationships, has that changed over time? And do you have any um, experiences to share or tips to share that would help others that, you know, are struggling with the sustaining their, and uh, you know, sustaining their effort to find the others? It's, it's definitely changed over time for me and it changes uh, all the time. It's always morphing. It feels like it's always morphing, but at its core though, the, um, the, uh, you know, what I, what I've learned and, and what, from, from you is, you know, what if you say yes to some one thing, you have to say no to something else, right? What are you going to say no to? And, um, and so that has really been key to paring down uh, what I fill my schedule with. And, um, and then when things are up in the air and, and really um, stressing me out, then it's your, um, you know, what's now, what's next, right? And then mm. that, that brings me back down, down to earth. Um, so there isn't a set program because I, you know, to be honest, it's always morphing, <laughs> but it has got, it's gotten better. And that is, it's those two ways. It's how I keep it in check. I love it. So saying no to the wrong things, mm-hmm. saying yes to the right things, and then paying attention to what's happening now and being intentional about what's next. Yeah. How about you, Penny? I agree with that. I I think what what I I like Tanya when you come out of these classes and you have all these people. There's so much energy going, and and I'm kind of like I don't know, just like so many different things you want to do. And I think working with you has been really helpful. Not always easy because you gotta say no. <laughs> you know, it's like and and so I I read what you write and we've had conversations and that's that's been because a little bit of doing that, you start feeling co- some confidence, mm. you know, and it feels good after you do it to have said no. Mm. <laughs> you know it's like okay now I can do this and I think that the the right now the programs that and I think Tanya I've seen you in some of those writing things that it helps you focus that for one hour you sit there and you focus and you bring something to that hour you want to think about and that development of that just between you and there are other people doing the same thing as you. It's so weird. I would never have predicted that, but it's just like, it's so comfortable to be with people that are headed in the same direction, even if they're not doing something 
that's the same as me, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and learning. I learn a lot from people who are working in the for-profits that I think are really helpful to me in terms of working with not-for-profits. So, Yeah, well, I love, I love that you wove in that idea of empowerment around saying no, right? Because that is, because all of us are terrified the first time we even think about the fact that we might say no to the wrong client or the wrong prospect or, you know, the wrong, um, the wrong person weighing in on our enterprise. And then, um, you know, at some point, hopefully we screw up the courage to do it. And then we realize that what we've done is actually freed up time and bandwidth and energy to focus on something that will help us move forward. There's um, there, there's two things that leap to mind that and you know so part, in, in the Akimbo in the Forward Link community, which is a community alumni community for all of Seth Godin's workshops, Alt MBA, and all the various Akimbo workshops. I think we all feel that sense that, you know, we have found a very large group of others. Um, You know, we all understand each other. We all are, you know, generous, supportive and encouraging people. We don't always have time to give away to everybody, but, you know, we're certainly um, have that sense of belonging and being part of a movement where all of us are trying to make things better through whatever endeavor we're, we're building. And the, the two, two things that we learn in, in all of the workshops, I think, are worth exploring just a little bit. And the, um, the first is this idea of do the work, which we've just been speaking to. Like, the only way to get better at whatever you want to get better at is to do it. You can't learn your way or talk your way or read your way into uh, expertise and excellence in any domain. You have to, only way you can get better is to throw yourself into it um, and try to do so with integrity and intention and, and up aim and end in mind, um, but also be open-minded and prepared to iterate and tack and pivot because we'll probably all end up somewhere different than where we initially aimed. But then the other part, and you also spoke to this a little bit, is the idea um, of sh- of shipping, like doing the work is adopting the, the posture of a professional and whatever enterprise you're engaged in, but the shipping is the actual delivery of content. So Tanya, for instance, I know that for you now, that's the podcast. That's how you are connecting with others. Um, and I know Penny that you're doing some writing and, and um, getting ready to do some speaking. What what is it about what what are some lessons and takeaways that you have from you know going from a person who thinks about shipping to being a person that actually ships and how has that helped you in your effort to um, find the others? Well, what is reinforced every day is that doing is it is that you have to do, you have to act. Uh, and that is re- reinforced every day. Um, 
and sometimes it's not because of feedback I've received, but it's just because of where I am at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, I don't know. Just it, it matters. It it matters, and it works, and it's true. And um, and I, you know, I I it's really easy for me to live inside my head and stay there. You know, because I could live in a library. You know, sit on the floor between the stacks, and I'd be happy. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. And I, well, and to your point there, I mean, I and I totally get it. I would, you know, I. I, I would love to just go to school for the rest of my life or just read books for the rest of my, or have interesting conversations for the rest of my life. But at the same time, I, there are, there, you know, I think all of us are people that see the possibility that the, even though the current situation is sufficient and everything is just fine the way it is. And so are we, we see this possible, we see the possibility that things can be better, not just for ourselves, but for everyone. And so if you're going to make change happen, you have to get up off the library floor and leave the stacks and um, go out into the world to do something. So I, I have a follow-up thought um, on what you were saying, Tiny, but I want to bring Penny back in just for any ex any experiences or tips that you have um, and yeah, that I, idea of going from a person that thinks about to a person that actually ships. I think that, that I didn't recognize how big a deal the shipping is. I was in my head. And I had been active politically, especially in the League of Women Voters and out doing things in the community. Um, and and I was easy for me. I mean, I was motivated by this and all of these ideas. But when I put my own idea out there mm -hmm. and it, I was gonna fall on me, if they did it, you know, by not only me, but my thinking and everything, that was the difference that I didn't realize until I started. And so shipping kind of came back a bit <laughs> and it's taken a little longer as, as I put whatever I had to put together to bring it. Now I'm, I'm ready to bring it out, but I had to go through a process. Mm. Yeah, well, you're you're pointing to um, the thing that holds a lot of us back, which is, you know, when you are shipping, you're saying, here, I made this. <laughs> and you are now on the hook, you know, um, you know, you can you can argue an idea. And, um, you know, if your argument doesn't um, stand up, you probably are not going to feel a great deal of shame or, or um, regret for having had that conversation. But if you actually put something out there you know whether it's a blog post or a podcast or a video or a course or what have you um you know there's all, all bets are really off i mean it it might i mean in many cases at least in my experience it just gets ignored which is <laughs> almost worse than having somebody disagree with it um certainly you know you it can be um, disrespected or, or misunderstood or, uh, you know, any of assorted other things. And that can, um, and that can feel like an invitation to shame. And I'm going to tie this into the point I wanted to make that I was kind of hearing and what um, Tanya was saying, being able to 
let the work be the work and let not be overly invested mm-hmm. emotionally or personally. Like this is, you know, some, I do, I am a believer that our, the content of our character is reflected in the way we, we behave in our attitudes and behaviors and actions out in the world. But at the same time, if I, um, if I put a blog post out there that lands flat or gets a bunch of negative comments, it's not a reflection of who I am in terms of, you know, the content of my character or my moral virtue. It just means, Hey, didn't work this time. Um, and so the distancing of the work from, you know, being overly invested in the work, I think can be really helpful. But the other thing is kind of what I was hearing and what Tanya was saying, which is, we live in a society, I think, at least in the States where we're very um, outcome oriented. We, you know, we, we want results, you know, it's all about, you know, metrics and dollar figures and, and, you know, on social media likes and shares and all that stuff. And it can cause us to forget that the actual reward is the work itself and the and the quality of the effort that you're putting into it. And I was hearing what you said, Tanya, about like at the end of the day, it's, you know, how do I feel? Do I feel good about the effort that I put into and the effort and the energy that I put in? And I'd love to move towards wrapping things up with just um, having you guys uh, jam on this idea. I mean, when I'm doing the wrong thing, but I don't yet see that it's the wrong thing, uh, I tend to end my day feeling really exhausted and maybe a little angry and frustrated. Um, just even when I've, I've had a good day in terms of outcomes and results, when I'm doing the work that I'm meant to do, work that fills me with a sense of fulfillment and um, meaning and, you know, is having an impact on others. Even on my worst day, I still feel kind of energized and excited and grateful that I got to have that, that I got to do this today. And, you know, just say my prayers that I'll wake up tomorrow morning so that I can get up and do it again. Um, do you have any kind of barometers that you use to kind of check, you know, if how close, uh, how on track and how close you are to the, to the goals that you're setting for yourself and, and work that matters and finding the others? Mm-hmm. It's, it's how irritable, if I'm irritable at the end of the day, then I know I, I my mind was on too many things instead of one thing. Uh, if my head hurts in the, well, not hurts, but in that, uh, it's not even irritated. I don't know what to call it, but in that weird way that um, computer work, tablets and your gadgets and all that can make you feel at the end of the day, then I know that I've been looking at too many different things and not enough at just doing one thing. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's those types of, of things. And then the condition of my desk, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> if I had... Started started too many thoughts, but didn't finish one. Follow through with one. Yeah. Oh, I love that. How about you, Penny? Yeah, I think it. I would use the word clarity too. The the clearer I am, and when I bump up against something and I'm not clear, and I become aware of this process in myself, I think um, 
I just stop. And when I get clear, when I've had a day of being clear all day, I feel energetic at night because I haven't struggled through the kind of, should I do this? Should I do that? Or say no to this or yes to this. I think the more clear I get, I'm using that as kind of say, you know, that I'm ready to ship this idea also because I feel clear and ready to accept it. I think the lack of clarity keeps you from shipping and drains you of energy. Love it. Well, as we're coming into our last five minutes together, uh, I'd love for each of you to share, you know, either an essential lesson or takeaway that has come from this conversation about how to find the others or just a a final uh, tip or practice for, for doing so. I think I have a, well, I always learn, I always learn a lot speaking with you and you and (laughs) Scott. It's it's always, always, (laughs) because we've had many conversations. Um, But I was been thinking a lot about the theme for this, for this talk. And I think that um, following your gut, and if you think the others is at some event or somewhere, uh, go follow through with your hunch, follow Mm. through with your hunches. Because uh, I did that a lot with what I used to do. And I always learned something new. I always had my point of view changed or, ex- or expanded. Um, it's not a, a frivolous um, effort. Because sometimes people will think, well, why are you going there? You know, it's like, no, really, there's something that tells me I need to go. <laughs> I would say follow up with your hunches. I love that. Instinct and intuition can often be a good guide. How about you, Penny? Yeah, and it, I I agree with that. I think that it's it's trusting yourself, and that you you can handle whatever it is uh, or what shows up, and to value what it is that you're spending your time and your energy and your learning and your focus on that it has value. I I can, there's no way I can say how much I have valued and learned from like you and other people in like Seth's groups are just amazing how we interact with each other and just it feels supportive it feels safe and yet we're we can work on our purpose and where we're going and I just love it I, Mm. I just love it and I hope he never, <laughs> I hope all of this goes on <laughs> because I, I really feel it's so supported and uh, cur- more courage to go forward for sure. Yeah, I love that. You reminded me of uh, Penny of something that I, that I had a different thought about what I wanted to share. And then you've made me change my mind and, and it's about the conversations. So the find the others, you know, we're always thinking the, the others, the others that are out there, um, the elusive others, as I used to call them. <laughs> um, but, you know, then there's the, uh, there's the conversation going on in our heads too. And that's um, a, a, as difficult a task to manage as the pursuit of the, 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 the souls that are outside uh, uh, of, our, of our heads. And that idea that um, 
you know, if, if we can be a little less certain and a little less judgmental and a little bit more curious and a little bit more considerate, you know, I think that opens the door for the courage to continue to connect. And that, you know, that piece of that, that you're both touching on of, of, you know, all of this effort to find the others is comes down to empathy and that idea that, you know, we are trying to see here and understand somebody else's situation and needs so that we can help them get where they want to go. But what I find is that although we can practice empathy very, very well with other people, we often are not doing that very, very well in our own minds. You know, that we would never speak to, to the others the way we speak to ourselves, I don't think. <laughs> but it's, 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 a, it's a great reminder that, you know, can you truly have empathy and compassion for the person in front of you if you're not able to have that, um, you know, for yourself? And so maybe, you know, part of it is, you know, as you are, I think it's it's a back and forth. We get better at empathy by practicing empathy on others, but then the, the even greater challenge is can we bring that back in and be more empathetic with ourselves so that we can be even more empathetic uh, and you know just continue that virtual s- cycle. And then the last thing to me is just recognizing that nothing is permanent. You know, the others today may be very well be different than the others tomorrow. And so it's to not be overly attached, to be, um, you know, generous and clear about like, you know, how we onboard the others and how we offboard the others. Everybody should know where the exits are. Um, And, you know, we should be able to come and go into each other's lives with that same degree of um, courteousness and consideration because our journeys are, you know, constantly kind of weaving in and out of each other's um, and good to, you know, you just never know when you're going to bump into the others down the road. Um, mm-hmm. My friend Tom Olmson has worked with a lot of famous um, rock stars. And he says he catches them on the way up and on the way down because he's he's kind of in the middle. So when they're rising to the national level, you know, they come through him. But then he often sees them on the back side. And so, he, you know, the lesson there is, you know, just be kind, uh, starting with yourself. I, these conversations go by so fast. And so we have gone 45 minutes talking about finding the others. But before um, I let you both go, uh, you both alluded to the fact that we've known each other for what seems like a really long time, even though it's only been uh, two, three, four years. (laughs) Um, But it speaks to the power of, you know, what brought us together. Uh, in terms of the, the Akimba programs and Seth's work and, and how, you know, we have this culture that we can draw on. Um, but as somebody that's been following each of your journey uh, journeys for a while, I just want to thank you, number one, for your time and consideration and, and patience, um, you know, with me here in this conversation, but even more so for uh, the great work that you're doing out in the world and the difference that you're making. And I just want to tell you how much I appreciate that and how I can see that it's making a difference. So wishing you all the very best as you continue to uh, bring some goodness out into the world, which seems to be in desperate need of extra goodness right now. Thank thank you, Scott. And thank you for your role in, in our endeavors and our respective endeavors.
Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, and I feel I feel the same. I, it's been very helpful and life changing. Mm. Mm, transformative for for all of us. I mm -hmm. totally agree. Thank you very much. Okay, thank, thank you. you.